Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Recording in progress. Welcome back to another brand new episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year long, especially in the month of July. It's our first July episode. It's Christmas in July, y'all. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And I feel like we shouldn't be saying brand new new episode because it's what if somebody listens well it's just kind of weird that we've been so we've been gone for so long right it's like we're almost like a new podcast we haven't had new episodes in so long new weekly we had a a new New episode last week weekly that was a rando that was not that was not our that was not our same bat time same bat schedule you know what we deserve a break too i agree i'm gonna start taking a monthly break (laughs) sabbatical from the podcast (laughs) (laughs) how are y'all enjoying your julys i don't know it's still still june where i am (laughs) don't ruin the magic (laughs) do you believe in magic i mean my july is starting with a long weekend so i'm not going to complain about that me too amen have y'all been watching hallmark's christmas movies no, I haven't yet. Because it starts, ooh, the past thing is hard. When does it actually start? It started. It started it in June. Start. Back in I've, June. I've been Back watching for like 48 <laughs> hours straight. And are they on all day, every day? They are until July 8th. And then they're only on at night, I think, or weekends, which is weird. But... I have found my new favorite Candace Cameron Bure one and possibly my new favorite Hallmark movie, period. <gasps> what is that one? What is and, and it's not Bure. even what it's not even starring Bure or Danica or Lacey Chabert. It stars Alicia Witt, who normally I don't like. She's a redheaded I one. Don't usually like her either. Which one is it? It's called Christmas Tree Lane. And it came out last year. And Y'all will love that one. I was engrossed the whole time. And the Candace Cameron Bure one I found I actually quite enjoyed <laughs> was a shoe addict's Christmas. Mainly because mainly because Gene Smart is in it. And who doesn't like Gene Smart? I love Gene Smart. I like Smart. Gene Smart. I don't like that one. Okay, so this this Christmas tree lane has one of my favorite Hallmark guys in it. So I was about to say. You know, what's funny is I was watching that and I was like, I bet he's one of Julia's cutie McCute faces. No, I like that guy because he's in, he's in my favorite. I don't even think it's Hallmark, but Hallmarky type. And it's that in one. Remember that we've talked about before? Yes. Yes. That one yeah. is on my voodoo, by the way. So you can watch I that. I know one it is. I'm excited <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> um. I'm not sure if I've seen this one, but I quite like him. I have like a list of Hallmark movies that came out last year that I'm waiting for it to hit digital because they had a lot of good ones last year that normally they don't have so many good ones. Well, for me, but last year I was engrossed in so many. I was like, I need them to hit digital so I can own some. So does this take place in Nashville by any chance? Because I see guitars. It does not. Okay. Well, I was close. I'm sure. (laughs) Is it Nashville adjacent? <laughs> because I feel like if there are musical instruments with lots of guitars and bricked downtown scenes, like so, they're aiming so the, for Nashville. So the plot is like Alicia Witt lives in this town where 
it was the first street in America to have lit up Christmas trees with electricity in like the twenties. And it's like small town America and it's beautiful and decorated, lovely. But of course a big business developer wants to come in and turn it into high rises. So it's just a rally to save the town. And of course there's this cutie McCute face and he builds high rises for a living. And he's like, but I love this town. I don't want to do that. But then he finds out it's his dad's company that's coming in to destroy the town. And he's assigning the price project to him so he's torn between his love for alicia witt and this town and his father's company (laughs) i am fraught with agony oh i was looking at the pictures i just saw they kiss spoiler alert (laughs) but but do they stay together though is it so worth watching (laughs) it is a hundred percent worth it i was i loved it i really did so oh, I like her. I liked her in uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, which I love that movie because I feel like if you're a band I kid, love you that just movie. love that movie. She was the clarinet player, right? Um, and then I liked her like when Carol killed her the on The Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't remember that. She was one of Negan's people early on really? in the Negan arc. Yep. Interesting. I'm going to rewatch that. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Add it to my list. It's just been so nice because, I mean, the whole country has been stuck in a heat wave, right? Global warming. It's fake, not right? here. Not uh, here. Now it's been pleasant, downright well, pleasant. And we haven't here. even been in the nineties, and it's all <laughs> and it's like end of June. That's insane. Gave it to here, Oregon. <laughs> here it's been a hundred with that feels like 120, 125, and it's been like hot as balls, and it just sucks so i've been closing the shades and well, blasting the air condition and turning on these hallmark movies and trying to simulate that wintry feeling and it's been divine a little christmasy for you so i don't think you should be saying hot as balls because testicles have to maintain a constant regular temperature that's not terribly hot or else they cease to, to produce but they don't always maintain that ideal temperature no if they get too hot which they don't do on their own, then you lose your ability to procreate. But when it's 170 degrees outside, then them balls be hot. Are they? I'm pretty sure. New listeners, where else can you get quality Christmas content and a serious conversation about the body temperature of male genitals? Like only to the podcast. Can we podcast even leave that, that, that in determined- because we're a family? <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> do you guys have fourth of july plans no like, i'm excited about it <laughs> about you tom uh it's christine's birthday so i need to shop and figure Ooh. out what i'm getting her oh, does, she's does, uh, a little firecracker does ellie know what she's gonna get her does she have another amazing gift <laughs> picked out like the cat I that's my favorite so. story <laughs> nothing yet nothing yet that's that's still my favorite story. I love that she got her it's still on statue. It's still on the shelf. Oh, it's still just sitting there on the your shelf. Forehead. Your forehead is. You gotta stop doing that. You look like He's those tr- vampires from Twilight when they get all broken apart. Did you hear what she just called you, Tom? A Twilight yeah, I vampire. I didn't watch them, so I don't know. Well, you should. <laughs> I'm not a Twihard. <laughs> I was team Jacob. I was too, but mainly that was because everybody I worked with was team what's Edward. his face. And uh Edward. I, no, I don't think Edward. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking Team Cedric Diggerty. I was about oh. to say that guy's career, Harry Potter, Twilight, and Batman on his resume, his kids like gotta have the coolest stat. It's like, just time he's... it's just time to walk away, dude. <laughs> You're not gonna like top it anymore. I mean, what do you have left to do? We after they... Batman, it's gonna be so y'all i'm very excited for tonight's double feature we're doing tonight we are covering the one christmas episode that i love lucy ever did and we are also covering the one christmas episode the adams family ever did the original adams family that's a real tragedy by the way only one how do y'all not how do you not snap when you say it oh no 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 the Adams family. At, at least they got one. The Munsters got none. And I would have liked to have seen what they did too. Yeah. Instead, we got that awful movie from the early 2000s with the weird cast and oh, the horny elves. Oh, that was bad. I just called them mess. Anthony. <laughs> All of them. They were just Anthony. 
because Anthony's a pervert for those of you who are just now starting to listen, as you can see from his Facebook stories. Once again, we're a family podcast. Are we going to have kids going, mommy, what's a pervert? That's Anthony, honey. That's Anthony from Tis the Podcast. (laughs) You know what? Shut up in your face. (laughs) Shut up your face. I love it, Anthony. (laughs) So I love Lucy. If you have been living under a rock for the past 80 years of your life... The premise of I Love Lucy is that Lucy, it followed the life of Lucy Ricardo, a young middle-class housewife in New York City who often concocted plans with her best friends and landlords, Ethel and Fred Mertz, to appear alongside her band leader husband, Ricky Ricardo, and his nightclub, trying numerous schemes to mingle with or be a part of show business. What are your histories with I Love Lucy, y'all? Well, children, back when I was a boy and they started Nick at Night, this is what they showed. They did not show TV shows from that are not classic television from the 1990s. Nick at Night was was uh, this and Mary Tyler Moore and uh, all of the things. And yep. uh, so I would watch it when I'd stay up way too late uh, when I went to my mom's because we, my grandparents did not have a cable. So, huh. yeah. Same. I watched it with my mom and it's something my dad even enjoyed. So he would watch it with us also. And I mean, I grew up on, I love Lucy. There's not a time in my life. I don't remember not having, I love Lucy. Lucy. I am in my home. (laughs) Same grew up on. I love Lucy. Uh, Watched it with my parents and grandparents on Nick at night. I mean, it's a classic. Lucille Ball is a comedic genius. There's a reason that to this day, most entertainment magazines and critics say it's the best comedy of all time. It set the stage for every comedy that came afterwards on television. I held hands for the first time with a girl to I Love Lucy. What? Which Lucy episode was it? I don't remember. I was holding hands with a girl. I don't remember anything (laughs) except for the fact that, hey, look, I'm holding hands with a girl. And... uh, (laughs) They were a family from church who was moving to Richmond, Texas, and they were they moved out of their house and they were moving out of town the next day and they stayed at our house and all of the kids had air mattresses and stuff in the living room. And Mindy held my hand while we were watching I Love Lucy. Ooh, How about that? Scandalous. Got some explaining to do. (laughs) Tom, you got some explaining to do. Tom Tom always has explaining to do. Always has explaining to do. (laughs) So the cast of this show is small and tight. Lucille Ball plays Lucy Ricardo. Desi Arnaz, her real-life husband at the time, plays Ricky Ricardo, her husband on the show. And... Vivian Vance plays Ethel Mertz, Lucy's best friend, and William Frawley plays Fred Mertz, Ricky's best friend, and Ethel's husband. Sadly, the two actors did not get along at all. So, which is why which they Ethel and Fred, Ethel. which is why they hardly ever kiss on the show. If you notice, they didn't even kiss under the mistletoe in this episode. No, they didn't. I wondered about that. Yeah, they. She's always did so not much like older than her. I never understood it. Well, I think for a very long time, I thought that he was her father. Like a fair, when I was a kid, a very long time. I mean, they are in general, the two of them, a little bit older than Ricky and yeah. Lucy are supposed to be. Anyway. Well, he's a lot older than Ricky and Lucy are supposed to be. Yeah, he just was one of those people probably born old, you know. Yeah, Peter Peter Boyle. Yeah, I like Peter Boyle. <laughs> Ed Asner. Oh, so J.K. Simmons is actually playing him in <gasps> being the Ricardos, the movie coming what? out. What? Is he really? I will watch anything. J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Nicole Kidman is playing Lucille Ball. Javier Bardem is playing Desi Arnaz. J.K. Simmons is playing William Frawley. And Nina Arianda is playing Vivian Vance. Who's Nina Arianda? She's a Tony winning actress. I guess she's more known for her stage performances. So I am going to have a hard time when I watch this seeing Javier Bardem as Ricky. Because well, you've seen No Country for Old Men. Yes, I'm just going to imagine yeah. him like that movie, shooting people through the head with with, with air, compressed air. Lucy, <laughs> <laughs> you've got some explaining to do. <laughs> It'll be a so little confusing. He's married. He's married to Penelope Cruz, right? Is he? I think so. They've been involved at some point. Yeah, maybe it's marriage. Maybe they're still together. I'm not sure, but. 
I will Google. I love him. His voice is magic. Oh, his voice. I love his voice. Man, that's that's Spanish too. Like, cause he's he's from Spain. I know a lot of I, yeah, I, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's from very Spain. Funny. It's great. He's from Spain, and he's married to Penelope Cruz since 2010. But the, okay. the the like Spanish accent is just well, Penelope Cruz's accent is beautiful too. Yes, just yeah. beautiful. They should they should read audiobooks together. Uh, there's a reason it's a love sure. language. There is. What are your love languages, guys? Swedish. German. I, I meant from the books. Okay. <laughs> uh, Swedish is probably Christine's love language. Is, <laughs> That's probably I, legit, right? <laughs> we are from Sweden. Isn't that weird? <laughs> now I just imagine on date night when Tom takes her out, he's dressed as a Swedish chef. <laughs> 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 no, we save that for home. Oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> oh man it's a weird human hand <laughs> oh so the i <laughs> <laughs> this is all going down here real quickly thanks <laughs> so the i love lucy christmas show is a hunk the 180th overall episode of i love lucy the 27th episode of season six which Oof. is the final season of the series Quick synopsis of this episode. Lucy, Ricky, Fred, and Ethel reminisce courtesy of flashbacks to favorite episodes as they trim the tree on Christmas Eve. It's a montage episode disguised as a holiday episode. What's like the, the Friends Tulsa episode. What I don't exactly. like about this one is I'm not as connected to those as I am friends. So the flashbacks don't do as much as to me, as much for me. I liked the flashbacks because I always liked the episodes when she was pregnant. She was the first woman pregnant on TV to write her pregnancy into a TV show, which was pretty cool. Yep. It was nice because the flashbacks they showed are episodes I know very well. Right. Like, so watching them, I was like, oh my gosh, that one. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So while I don't love a cop out montage episode, typically... I've had enough distance from the show to where it was really quite nice. Yeah. Um, I liked the Christmas section. I really just did not like the montage into Christmas like this. I just didn't like it. So, so not to jump ahead to the Adams family, but both episodes tonight feature families who wait until Christmas Eve to decorate, which we have talked about before that certain families do. I guess it was more common back in the day. Santa's supposed to decorate the tree. I don't know. Bizarre. I'm Very sorry. bizarre. How that would that'd be really impossible for me to wait. The reason I put my stuff up in November is because it is such an effort to put the stuff up. Like one month doesn't do it for me. So I want it for two months. Well, and don't so you I can't enjoy imagine it? Yes. So I can't imagine one night, let alone one week, like my wife's family does. But like one night, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Do we have any listeners? I'm curious and I would love for them to weigh in that still put their tree up on Christmas Eve. Cause I would really love to know that. I would imagine in a group like ours, probably not because we're all wackadoos for Christmas, but I mean, I would really be interested. Like do people still put it up on Christmas Eve? I don't know. So this episode of I Love Lucy, despite the flashbacks has all of the makings of a great Lucy episode. It has their adorable child, little Ricky. Oh, he's so cute. He, he was adorable. Who it's Christmas Eve. He wants to wait up for Santa, but they tell him, no, you have to go to bed. Santa's not gonna come till we go to bed. And then of course you get big Ricky's cultural, like <laughs> trying to explain why Santa won't come if he's awake <laughs> and how Santa gets down the chimney and everything like that, which I love. <laughs> And once they get Ricky, little Ricky to bed, Fred and Ethel come in with a Christmas tree. You get the classic Fred's the cheapskate. He bought the tree for $5, and he, which is quite expensive for him. And uh, Ethel says it's a gift. Don't worry about it. And they, and they trim. Right. I would love, and I'm, I, I would love to know what their rent was back in the day. Me too. I just want to know. I just want him to drop it into some episodes. So I can be like, That's because they had a pretty decent apartment, decent sized apartment in New York huh. City for the three of them. Uh, they did for not uh, really making good money. So they come in with a Christmas tree. And I love that Lucy's like, 
well, the stockings are crooked on the mantle and the tree has to be perfect. It's not even because I can relate to that as a Christmas guy, mm-hmm. right? Everything has to be just so. And right. I guess even though this is the only Christmas episode, they do this every Christmas Eve and she always has an issue with the tree. So this time Fred brought the saw with him. <laughs> and he pulls it out of his jacket. And starts trimming the tree as Ethel and Rick, as Ricky's un, trying to untangle well, the Christmas lights, and Ethel mm-hmm. and Lucy are going through ornaments and. Which is weird, right? Do you have your landlord and friend come trim your tree, or is that like a private family thing? They're like family. They're like family. Okay, so the other thing is uh, we, that we're men- that we're failing to mention is every time uh, Fred does a trims part of the tree, Lucy sees another branch that needs to be cut. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know where this is going from yep. the get go. Right. So, as he's doing that, we got our first flashback to when Lucy tells Ricky she's pregnant. And I loved this episode. She couldn't tell him because he was always busy. So, she shows up at mm-hmm. his club and has the manager, you know, say there is a couple in the audience he's expecting and they'd like you to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of announce it. So, he sings, We're having a baby on stage and goes around trying to find the couple and of course it's lucy and he's like i'm going to be a daddy (laughs) so good it made me emotional i loved it i loved it and it's really cool when you realize she was pregnant in real life and this is the first Mm -hmm. married couple on tv to actually be pregnant in the show yeah so So. funny isn't it like that that was a thing for people to be like we shouldn't do that no let's bite the bullet let's do it i mean i mean they do sleep in separate beds so (laughs) it's amazing that the uh does it even happen who even knows (laughs) so i'm surprised the network let them do it since they made them sleep in separate beds but yeah no it is a whole thing (laughs) but of course after they reminisce to tom's point we go back to the present and the tree is utterly destroyed because <laughs> Fred got lost in the story. Because he got so lost in the story. I love that. And uh, <laughs> that was awesome. And that tree, the tree was cute though. And the, how are we going to trim the tree? Why don't we use the branches I just cut off? <laughs> and, and the tree in its current state looks like what the Adams family puts up on purpose in the next episode we'll cover, yeah, but we'll get to that. Right. So... <laughs> Ethel tells Fred, go out and get your tree, and it's on you again. So Fred hurries out. And uh, <laughs> what, this is where we have the flashback to the barbershop court. Uh, Ricky and Ethel. With the mustaches? <laughs> yeah, so Ricky and Ethel are, Ricky starts singing Jingle Bells as he's untangling the lights, and Ethel joins in in English. And uh <laughs> Then Lucy joins in in her awful voice, which is another classic Lucy trope. And she's like, I don't know what happened to me. Like, my voice hasn't been great lately. And they're like, lately? (laughs) (laughs) And they flash back to when she crashed a performance at the club. Uh, So funny. um, With the fake mustaches and the barbershop quartet. And Mm -hmm. I remember that one, too. That one used to make me laugh so hard. Yep. I love it too. Every time she opens her mouth, they try to shove the shaving cream brushes in it. And then she knocks their hands away and they all get it in their own mouth. So, so funny. Oh, that was good. Fred comes back with a new tree in the present, delighted that since it's so late at night, he only got it for 50 cents. 50 cents for what is really a beautiful, perfectly it's shaped a beautiful tree. tree. Like, first of all, anyone who gets real trees which I don't, but I know enough driving by the lots here to know trees like that are gone long before Christmas Eve. Yep, that's right. Even on um, Christmas Eve, they wouldn't be 50 cents. Right. Um, uh, but they also wouldn't be, they also wouldn't be $5. No. Yeah. Let's just be honest. $5. Our, we have ruined the world when Christmas trees cannot be $5 anymore. Yeah. Right. But it was so late at night and I guess they were trying to get rid of their stock. They also threw in free mistletoe for Fred. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny and i love this part because they start putting on the lights the lights around the tree mm-hmm. and they light up right away which i guess is the first time in ages in all their years of doing this they don't have to find the faulty bulb and of yeah. course once they say that the bulbs go out and i love fred's line like i'm kind of glad they went out feels more like christmas now like how that's yeah. become a christmas tradition for them yeah i like that too uh, do y'all yeah. remember that those days when you plug in the lights and there's that one you have to go around turning trying to find it? All I can say, thank God for LEDs. 
for real i i remember that like we'd put the lights on like growing up and dad would plug it in and a whole string would be out and then just him going one by one trying to tighten them trying to find it oh that's the ballad of marty because we still have incandescence with the house i mean our leds even poop out sometimes and he has to mess with them to get him to work so we have come a long way like christmas though. though it does and this is where, while they're decorating the tree, we get one last flashback. It's, and it's when Lucy goes into labor with little mm-hmm. Ricky. And I love this because this has become like a trope in TV shows in the years since, but they were obviously probably the first ones to do it, where the husband completely panics more than the wife when she goes into labor. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're all watching Lucy because she's due any time now. <laughs> and... Ricky, Ethel, and Fred practice a perfect plan. Ricky, <laughs> they imagine Lucy will come out of the bedroom. It is time. <laughs> <laughs> Ethel will get the coat or ring the hospital. Ricky yeah. will grab the suitcase and Fred will go downstairs and get the taxi. And they practice this like three times. And then Lucy actually comes out of the bath- bedroom. Ricky, it's time. And they completely freak out. Lose it. <laughs> Which I love. It's Fred keeps physical... knocking Ricky onto the couch, and they all go for the phone at once. And oh. get the taxi! You get the taxi! They all run out to get the taxi, leaving Lucy behind, and she's like, "Wait for me! Wait for me!" <laughs> and I love it. I the physical yeah. comedy on the show is there's nothing like it. Like it yeah. was so good. They were comedic geniuses. Yeah, it was and of course, everyone thinks back to the two most famous. Examples of physical comedy, the conveyor belt with candy. The conveyor belt with the candy. <laughs> and, and the uh, squishing grapes. And the squishing grapes and Vita Mita Vegemin. And she keeps getting drunker. She takes more and more. Oh my gosh, Vita Mita Vegemin used to crack <laughs> me up when I was little. Like belly laughs. So funny. So yeah. Funny. So funny. So <laughs> oh, we come back, we come back to the present. Oh, sorry, Tom. What were you gonna say? No, I just made like I was just thinking about. Lucille Ball and just how really ahead of her time she was. Yeah. She she could be a comedian today. She yeah. really could be. She yeah, I love her. There's a reason the show is so iconic and still beloved today. Yep. I do love this show today. But um, like I will say this, watching this episode maybe and seeing the flashbacks, maybe you want to go back and like watch a bunch of them. Absolutely. Ellie did not like this one. Really? But she didn't. No. But does she like other I Love Lucy episodes? No, but she, so but I, I don't think so. This was the first one she watched, but she did really like the Adam family. Okay. okay. So interesting because it was black and white. She just kept complaining yeah. about this one being fuzzy. I mean, it did it the was color bad quality. Yeah. yeah. It was really bad quality, but it's just funny that, to think you have to explain that. Well, I mean, this is what TVs used to look like because as kids, we never would have thought twice about a fuzzy picture. No, we wouldn't. How funny is that? So back in the present, everything's decorated and we see Santa Claus leaving gifts for little Ricky under the tree. And then Lucy comes in dressed as Santa and she's like, oh, Ricky already got here before me. She thinks it's Ricky or Fred. And then Ricky and Ethel both come in and they assume it's Fred and they hear little Ricky waking up in the back room and they're like, well, he can't see all four of us. So they all run into the kitchen as little Ricky comes out. I know I have a lot of problems with child actors, but this kid is precious. He's so cute. He can play the drums. Right? Well, this wasn't their Lido that was on fire. <laughs> That's not that wasn't their real kid. No, it wasn't. This is Richard Keith. But we had a yeah. But he a, was talented. Yeah. We a, yeah. We had a kid from Costa Rica at our church when I was growing up. His parents were missionaries, and uh he was about this age and just played a mean drum and whenever i see little kids playing drums it blows my mind i don't know how they mm-hmm. do that <laughs> so as he's playing the drums everyone's watching from the kitchen like oh heartwarming as he's like enjoying his christmas gifts and that's when fred comes in the back door in the kitchen like man you gotta get up early around here to dress as santa in this house <laughs> and they all realize there are five of them dressed as santa and they start counting they start Pulling counting. Beards down. Lucy takes Ethel's beard down. Ethel takes Lucy's. Ricky and Fred do the same. And then they pull the fifth guy's beard. And it's really it's like, ouch. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They, whatever. <laughs> they did do a little bit of, uh, they did drag it out a little bit with Lucy counting on her hands. Like you would need to count five on a hand. 
Right. <laughs> and then uh, as Ricky and Lucy go to touch him, he just, this fifth guy just disappears. Ooh, and we magic. realize it was a real Santa. And as they all gather close to each other, kind of like freaked out a bit, they turn to the camera and say, Merry Christmas, everyone. And yeah. the end. And it was lovely. And I it loved it. It was, it was lovely. It was all right. So this is the first ever clip show, flashback show on television ever. That is bizarre. Oh. It did have the little like, that explains why a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it felt a little awkward. And I guess that's yeah. why it was trying something new. And, well, um, and like the jokes and stuff during the regular part of the episode don't hit like a regular Lucy episode either. And that also makes sense, right? Because they were trying this new thing. How do we integrate the two? Yeah. Hey, okay. I, that, that makes me think it's a lot cooler than I did earlier. I'm going to change yeah. my, knowing that they were that forward thinking gives me a different opinion. I made a mistake earlier, listeners, when I told Julia and Tom, oh, this episode is on Hulu with the rest of the show. They can find it. And then Julia messages us on Discord like, hey, is, did you give us the correct number? This is on Hulu. I don't Hulu. think so. <laughs> and it's not on Hulu because they never put this, uh, CBS never put this episode into syndication with the rest of the show because they didn't think anybody would want to watch a Christmas-themed episode at any time of the year beside the holiday season. Um, I just want to say, before you acknowledge Julia, I reached out to you twice yeah. asking about this, Anthony, and you just ignored me. What? No, you didn't. Let no, me look. say, let me say. I even said your name. Say my name, say my name. Still no luck. Did you find, oops, I, I'm going to give you a public apology here, Tom. I apologize. <laughs> so clearly CBS didn't anticipate the rise of Christmas podcasts that would last year round. That's the truth. Or even a channel like Hallmark that will start broadcasting Christmas movies every Friday throughout the year. Imagine a time traveler pops back into those Lucy meetings and is like, someday there will be entire TV channels devoted to Christmas content. Whatever. <laughs> right? Insane. Um, but in recent years... I don't know how long, but it, it's been every year recently on the 23rd or 24th of December. CBS airs this episode in color oh, all the time. That. And we had a bunch of listeners. First of all, a bunch of our listeners said they were very excited for this because they love Lucy, just like everyone loves Lucy. Yeah. I saw but, Matt Yurick uh, said they watch it every year. Yeah. Matt Yurick says not Christmas for him until they watch this episode. Yeah. And, um, while this wasn't always in my canon growing up, in recent years it has become, I will watch it every year when it is on TV. Just because, yeah, it may not be the best Christmas episode because of the flashbacks. We talked about during the Friends episode how that's a bit of a cop-out. You know, there's something so comforting about Out of Lucy. It's like oh. a nostalgic trip. It's like a warm blanket to use Julia's favorite phrase. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I love it. It's I funny, it made it. me think of WandaVision. Some of these old ones, you know, mm -hmm. which was the whole point, right, of one yeah. vision for it to really resonate. And it does. So do either of you, do any of y'all have quotes? Because I have a few <laughs> for this episode. I don't know that I have any. You go ahead, though. I love when Ricky and Lucy are trying to explain Santa to little Ricky is asking all these questions. And Ricky's like, that's right. The Sandman gives Santa the signal. When all the little children are in bed, the Sandman runs up to the roof and says, Santa Claus, all clear. So you've got to go to bed. <laughs> and Lucy's like, and Ricky's like, well, how does Santa come down the chimney? And Lucy's like, yeah, how's he do that, daddy? And Ricky's like, well, I took care of the why and the who. You take care of the how. <laughs> 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 I love how he's telling little Ricky the story and Lucy's just like, yeah, like her face, like she's listening along to like, that's magical. <laughs> oh, I love what Ethel and Fred are talking about the mistletoe and Ethel hangs it over her head after Lucy hangs it over hers and Ricky kisses her. And Fred's like, what? And Ethel's like, well, you know what this means, don't you? And Fred's like, yeah, it means you're an incurable optimist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny i don't know if this one had a, i don't think this one had a linus moment though no it's no linus moment but it's christmas it's christmas it's definitely christmas what would y'all give this one what list does this one go on it's Miscell miscellaneous like christmas episodes the ones at the okay. one-offs so like the muppet one we did x-files brady bunch supernatural 
The Misfits with only one episode. Okay. I'm going to give it a six. A seven. And I was going to go an eight, which gives us a seven. An even seven. seven. We're close. I like like when we're close like that. You know, that puts that number three on this miscellaneous episode list. So pretty high still. So... The next episode we watched for this evening is the one Christmas episode the Adams Family ever did called Christmas with the Adams Family. So again, for those of y'all who've been living under a rock for years, the Adams Family is about creepy, kooky, spooky family with macabre interests and supernatural abilities, though no explanation for their powers is explicitly given in the series. They're like the, they were like the inverse of the monsters, or the monsters were a normal family and looked scary. These mm-hmm. guys look normal and are a little more sociopathic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your histories with the Adams family all? And before you even get to that, I'll just say it's a crime. And it's only because they were on different networks that they never cross over with the monsters at any point. Same with Bewitched and Ajir Genie, because they were all clearly responses to one another. But anyway. Yeah. What's your history with the Adams family? Um, okay, so it's not that different from I Love Lucy, except my mom does not love the Adams family. Um, I think my dad liked it, and grandma and my uncle quite liked it. So my dad's brother. Um, so we would watch it on Nick at Night, and um I just and it would come on somewhere else. It wasn't just Nick at Night because I remember watching with my brother during daylight hours. So I don't know where it would be on during daylight hours when I was TV kid. land and ABC family. Oh, TV it. land. It was TV land. That's what it was. Um, uh, I like, we've talked about it before, but I like the Adams family a lot more than I like the Munsters. Um, I like the movie versions, but the Adams family would be the creepy family. I would want to live in if I had give, been given the choice. Love the Adams family. Uh, me too, Julia. The Adams Family was one of my favorite classic TV shows growing up as a kid. Loved everything about it. I thought it was so clever and creative. The characters they created, the uh, just how weird these things, how weird it got with no explanation why. Like, why was <laughs> Cousin It just hair? Nobody knows. Nobody explained it. <laughs> How is it cousin? How is an autonomous hand just all the go granted it was in a box the whole time this time, but how is there there just this hand running everywhere? Don't know. Thank don't, you, thing. Don't need to know, but loved it. Yeah, similar histories to y'all. Watched it Nick and I, TV Land, ABC Family. Um, I grew up on it. This is one of the black and white shows I grew up on. I love this. I was mm-hmm. always, as we've established, more of a monsters fan. I I loved both shows. I gave the monsters a slighter edge. But I would choose to live in either of these families because as creepy, quote unquote, as both families are, they were both really loving families of really yeah. loving parents who would do anything for their families, which I yeah. loved that about both of those shows. And I mean, that was always a joke too, right? Like while the outsiders on both of those shows were scared of them and like looked down on them, they always treated everyone with warmth and respect and were always so kind. And yeah. Yeah. But I, I love these. I love the movies, too. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we were talking off mic, for those of you who haven't seen the original show in a while, the movies took liberties with family relations. In the TV show, mm-hmm. Fester is Morticia's uncle, not Gomez's brother. And Grandmama is Gomez's mother and not Morticia's mother. And, th- and Thing is just Gomez's oldest childhood friend, <laughs> I love, I always loved Thing. Thank you, Thing. I I loved how he would just pop up all over the house in random boxes, handing them the mail or whatever. (laughs) And Lurch. I love Lurch. I love Lurch too. I'd forgotten how much I like Lurch. There's not, is Lurch even in? Yeah, he's in the movies, but. I feel like he talks as much in the movies as he does in the show. In in the movies, he only ever says, you rang. You rang. You rang. Um, I like hearing him more. 
you you t- we talk about um all the history i love lucy made we talked about the flintstones how they were the first married couple on tv to share a bed lucy mm-hmm. was the first pregnant woman on television well gomez and Morticia are famous for the first tv couple with an implied actual um active sex life they are so in love with one another and that's what i really love about them too yeah i love that too Let's run through the cast real quick. Caroline Jones plays Morticia Adams, who... She's so good. She's she so beautiful. Amazing. She is yes. so beautiful. I mean, yeah. I back growing up, I went through a tremendous, like, I was totally into the goth girls, and I think I could point to her and Elvira for that little phase. But John Astin plays Gomez. Jackie Coogan plays Uncle Fester. Ted Cassidy plays Lurch. Blossom Rock plays Grandmama. Lisa Loring plays Wednesday Adams. Ken Weathermax plays Pugsley Adams. And I'll say for both of them, same with Little Ricky, like they are freaking okay. precious, especially Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Thing is credited as himself. <laughs> Love it. And Cousin It is played by Felix Silla. And also not in this episode, but Carolyn Jones also plays Ophelia Frump. Morticia's hippie older sister, flower child older sister. And Hmm. Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West, plays Hester Frump, the mother of Morticia. So, how about that? I love, I was looking through the list of episodes, and one of them is called The Adams Meet a Beatnik. Oh, that's funny. That just made me laugh. I was like, I want to watch that. Yeah. Also, I we I said during my histories, I would love to live, have grown up in either of these families. Yeah, I didn't say the Munsters. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to grow up in either of their houses. The Munsters for all the secret yeah. hideouts and passageways, the Adam family, just because it's like literally like the theme song says a museum of yeah. like weird all these artifacts. Relics and so cool. So Christmas with the Adams family. Quick synopsis, Mr. Thompson. The next door neighbor tells Pugsley and Wednesday that there's no Santa Claus. So Gomez and Morticia don't want them to become cynical children who don't have any beliefs of their own. So they get Fester to dress up as Santa and come down the chimney for them. Uh, Unfortunately, as we'll get into, Fester is late for some very funny reasons. So Gomez and Morticia and Cousin It and Lurch and Grandmama all take it upon themselves to dress as Santa and instill upon these children that Santa is real and is going to visit the Adams household. Well, I, I can't remember watching this episode, honestly, I'm sure I'd seen it, but familiar to me, but I've got a lot of distance between, you know, watching these. I thought it was so interesting and wonderful that Morticia says at a certain point, what if Santa doesn't come? I mean, Wednesday and Pugsley have a lot, you know, implying that like they got a lot of stuff and they're yeah. very well off. And what if Santa doesn't come to kids like that? Because he's spending his time going to kids who do need things. Which uh, I love. Plan. I love that too. Because TV That's shows just, always oh. go for the, what if they don't come because they're naughty or they haven't been the best this year, but she, right. they, they have a lot. They're privileged and right. Or, Santa or what if he doesn't come because, you know, he's not real and it's not even entertained. Of course yep. he's real. But he might not come because y'all have a lot of stuff. So let's have a backup plan, right? I love that. Which was, I always loved that about the Adams Family. So I had recently, a few months back, bought the series on Voodoo because it was on sale. And I had made my way through a lot of it. I haven't finished it, but they were always very aware of their privilege and how how lucky they are money-wise. So this Mm -hmm. was not the first episode in which they acknowledged that. But I love that they tied that into the whole Santa thing, like... Me too. And I love yeah. how they're just, I, I do. I love how they just mysteriously have all this money that they throw around the very <laughs> next, the very next episode. Um, it just continued playing was um, uncle Fester was trying to marry somebody, but they wouldn't like Morticia and Gomez wouldn't give him money. And so they didn't think she'd want to marry him because he was poor. So Morticia dressed up as this girl's mother and taunted him for not having money or a job. Kind of mean. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> this episode opens up because they're decorating the house for Christmas and Cousin Fester is hanging the mistletoe. And for some reason, despite the fact Gomez is always attacking his wife from behind, 
he comes up behind Fester thinking he's Morticia and starts kissing him. And then, and then Fester makes a joke about how he's a lot rounder than Morticia. Um, <laughs> a lot rounder and softer than Morticia. <laughs> and then actually, I think this is like the only episode I even remember where Morticia comes under the mistletoe and he only even gives her a peck rather than his whole arm thing because she has a lot of right. distraps. She's too busy. Right, right. But they go into their little conservatory, their little plant greenhouse hall thing, and they're looking at all of these weird gifts that they've bought everyone. They have the cast of one of their cousins, two heads, that they're going to give grandmama. Should we have done both heads? One is enough, Tish. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed out loud. So um <laughs> very bizarre gift they got lurch like he is like their slave they basically get him a trout to a hang around his bag. neck yeah. that was so confusing too <laughs> which i love that lurch comes in as they're looking at it and gomez is hiding it behind his back yeah. which is so cute <laughs> yeah. um and lurch delivers to them a gift from one of their distant cousins because mm-hmm. adams is like the monsters, when we talked about them, had a bunch of these distant cousins who were always mentioned, never mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got them a what's it called? It has a name, but it's basically the old snake charmer's basket, except it's not a snake yeah. that comes out, it's a rope that dances up when it's Artisha a rope. plays a flute, which is uh, which, which when is Gomez plays it. Oh my gosh, when Gomez plays it, it gets mad and it shuts the lid. How cute was that? It felt so Muppety. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I love I love Gomez's childish enthusiasm. Like he puts on the turban and everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's like all in it. Love it. Also, I love the fact he's always holding a cigar. Like that cigar is like an extension of his hand on the show. Okay, really we didn't even talk about it. And I love Lucy, but the fact that Ricky was talking to little Ricky about Santa coming down and the Sandman with a cig in his hand the entire time. I was just kind of like, <laughs> dude, that is a different snapshot of the late fifties, isn't it? <laughs> and anyway, early sixties. I forgot about it. And the early sixties. Although there's something a lot more charming about a cigar than a cigarette. Yeah. But I'm sure your lungs don't really differentiate. <laughs> they don't care. But on screen, a cigar reads better to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) So while they're in this greenhouse, Pugsley and Morticia come in and say that Mr. Thompson, their neighbor, told them Santa doesn't exist. And Morticia reminds them that on Halloween, he said witches weren't real, but then they brought up a very nice witch who was their aunt to visit. (laughs) Um, And they say, don't listen to Mr. Thompson, Santa's going to come because Santa comes that's his deal um with all of his reindeer donner and blitzen and then they start they can't remember the names of all the other which very cute because it doesn't seem like that felt real to me it didn't seem like something the adams would know because they're much more into the whole halloween thing than christmas thing but (laughs) i also love that when you see them decorating the mantle their actual stockings (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Gomez comments, Grandma wears these, and Morticia's like, only when she goes out. <laughs> um, the kids, though, go to Fester, who's decorating a bare, dead tree in the hall. And he says, mm-hmm. Gomez has had it since he was a boy. <laughs> and now that all the all the leaves are off of it, it's more room for Santa to hang presents. And the kids <laughs> mentioned again that Mr. Thompson says Santa's not real. And I love that Fester is such a good uncle. He doesn't even entertain the notion either. He's like, of course, Santa's real. Yeah. Um, What does he say? Like, you're you're sounding like children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're sounding like children. And uh, Morticia and Gomez think it's very sweet. And uh, because they're watching in the doorway and the kids run off upstairs to bed. Otherwise, Santa won't come. And then to your point, Julia, this is where Morticia is like, well, what Santa doesn't come because the kids already have so much. Why would he, what if he doesn't drop by and bring them anything? Because why do they need anything else? Yeah. Which, Can I ask, which of which one, which episode did y'all watch first? I watched, I watched Adam's Family first. So you weren't expecting this trope of them all dressing up as Santa, right? No, I wasn't. Were you for Lucy? 
Um, no, I wasn't even oh. for Lucy, really. I, I watched uh, Lucy first, but I and it's funny because I, that one I've seen every year in recent years, so I knew yeah. what was going to happen. But when I turned the Adams family on, I hadn't seen this in a few years, yeah. and uh, I did, I forgot all about it. But when they start saying, Well, Fester should dress up as Santa, I was like, Oh, I bet they're all going to end up dressing up as Santa here for one reason or another, which they do. They send Fester to the well. First, they're like, if only we knew a heavier set uh, childlike <laughs> gentleman to dress up as Santa and, you know, come meet the kids. And they're all thinking, and Gomez and Marticia look at Fester, and Fester starts naming off other relatives who could do it. <laughs> they're like, you're perfect for it. But I like how he goes through a litany of everybody except him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I love, <laughs> I love when, he finally is like, they're like, come on, you've got to do it. And he's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then he starts like vocalizing the trail of what happens if he doesn't. It'll shake them to the core. It'll ruin their life. Something terrible might happen, you know? And he like, he, just his face and he's talking through it. And it's so funny. And then he's like, get out of my way. I'm going to the costumer. Yep. <clears throat> and it immediately cuts to him on the roof dressed as santa next and i love it he takes his hand and puts him on either side of his stomach and then puts him on the chimney to see it's the same size opening it's like perfect fit and of course he climbs into the chimney and immediately gets stuck and meanwhile in the house gomez and morticia are a little worried because fester's running late and wednesday and pugsley meanwhile want to give santa a warm welcome so they're fanning the flames of the fire which we cut back to the roof and smoke is coming up around fester who's still stuck and struggling in the chimney which is so funny um and this is also where you find out wednesday wants a new marie antoinette doll that she can behead be she can behead yeah. which i love play with her and, guillotine and pugsley wants a new crossbow set so he can uh shoot apples off of fester's head that's right. To which Gomez replies, "Just be careful because if you if you shoot Uncle Fester in the face, you'll hurt your arrow. You'll ruin your arrow. You'll ruin the arrow." <laughs> oh, that was funny. So they realize Fester may not show up in time. So they revert to Plan B, but of course they don't discuss Plan don't B discuss with one it. another. Mm-hmm. So. They all decide, well, you get a close-up of each family member, like thinking, you know, for for Pugsley and Wednesday, for Pugsley and Wednesday, for the kids, like, yeah, <laughs> I love even in his own mind, Cousin It just sounds like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so funny. <laughs> same thing with Lurch, same thing with Lurch, he's got that, for the kids, like, <laughs> yeah. So then uh, the only one who really see acquiring their costume is Gomez. And this scene made me laugh so hard (laughs) because he, first of all, he looks dapper as all heck in his Mm -hmm. trench coat and his bowler hat with a cigar. And I don't know if he had a cane. Did he have a cane? I don't know. It seemed like he should have had a cane. It's like a full zoot suit. Yeah. And he's on the street next to a really actually good looking Salvation Santa Claus, which you don't often see. And um, he asks how how his business doing tonight. And the guy's like, oh, you know, not so well. And Gomez is like, I see. Well, how about a business proposition for you? How much for that Santa suit? Not for sale. Oh no, don't worry, good man. I just want to rent it. How much would it cost? How much would it? How much would uh, that cost? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. He's like, hmm, reasonable deal. And then he takes a big wad of cash out of his pocket. And he's like, twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like. Sir, you don't have to. I don't think you need to be the type who goes around renting Santa's. <laughs> um, and that just cuts to the guy all of a sudden dressed in Gomez's fantastic suit, ringing the bell outside of the yeah. Santa suit man. And then at home, we see who's first to come in and give the kids gifts. I think Gomez. it's Gomez. He comes yes. in through the window. And I, I'll say, I think it was just a black and white, but he did a good job not looking like Gomez. Like yeah, for a minute, he I was really like, did. Like for a second, I was like, oh, the real Santa's coming to visit them before anyone else. But then I realized, oh no, that's Gomez. And then he started talking. But I was like, high quality suit for a dad trying to impress his children. Yeah. Um, he comes in, gives Wednesday and Pugsy what they want. He's like, now what are your names? 
Wednesday and Pugsley Adams. Adams. I always love that name. My favorite name. I thought of changing my name to Santa Adams, yeah. but you know how people get about tradition. <laughs> <laughs> and after you give the kids gifts, they leave. Grandmama comes in and immediately they recognize her. Right. Yep. But they don't say anything. <laughs> they take, they end up taking the gifts and I love this moment, too, because Wednesday and Pugsley think to themselves, well, maybe we can give the extra gifts to other kids or charity. Yeah. One of them makes that comment. I was like, man, Gomez and Morticia raised them really well. They really did. They raised their kids yeah. really right. They were pretty, yeah. they were pretty like, awesome kids. We only asked for one. What do we do with the rest? Yeah. Um, then Lurch comes in. <laughs> Cousin It. I freaking love Cousin It, man. He was always my favorite on the show. And he doesn't even try. He's not wearing a suit. He's just wearing a hat and a fake beard. The rest of it is just hair. Like, that's going to fool the kids. Um, And the kids are, like, totally on to everybody after Gomez. Like, like you said, with Grandmama, they're like, what's going on here? Yep. And then they go downstairs to figure out what to do with their extra toys. And that's when Morticia comes down the stairs dressed as Santa. Mm-hmm. And she immediately sees all the toys in their hands, which nobody else apparently saw. Right. Of course. <laughs> and she's like, like where, where did, did you- those come from? <laughs> yep. And then all the other family members enter dressed as Santa still. And okay. Fester comes down the chimney. And Fester, at least, thinks smart. And he's like, oh, my helpers got here before me. I was like, man, that's pretty smart for Fester, because usually he's portrayed as, like, a dumb one. Um, But he also gives the same gift to the kids. And before there's any awkward explanation of what they have to tell their kids, why they're all dressed as Santa, they look to the living room, and what's there? Their Christmas tree, which was never fully decorated yet, is all of a sudden sparkling and fully decorated with gifts and a train underneath it. And they're like, well, did and you? pine needles. And pine like needles. It's, it's like a it's like a whole tree, a whole live tree now. And there's snow on the ground, which Thing points to, which I love. Yeah. And cool. they realize Santa came, the real Santa came while they were trying to make the kids Christmas dressing as Santa, which I love. I love how all these old specials it was yep. no question Santa was real in these specials. Yeah. He always came in the end. Which, the only time I ever had a problem with it, as a big Gilligan's Island fan, Santa came to the island and couldn't get them off and the island. Took the, left them there. <laughs> and did not but, send help. <laughs> but then we get a lovely moment at the end where the cast breaks the fourth wall and yeah. sings, what do they sing? We wish, we wish you a Merry Christmas or Deck we the Hall. We wish you a Merry Christmas, I think, right? Yeah, to yes. to the audience, right to the camera, mm-hmm. and they and they end it with "Merry Christmas" from the Adams family, and yeah, it ends, and I loved it. I loved it too. It was perfect, and I like how it didn't go over the top, like you know, kooky or spooky, like a lot of episodes yeah. did. Like it was still very recognizably Christmas. Like yeah, they had their twist on it, but. It yep. was still Christmas enough. It still felt like Christmas, if that makes sense. It did. Absolutely. So good. Like they didn't have their own, like, like sometimes you would hear on the Adams family, like they had their own spins on certain stories and legends. Like, well, that's not how it actually happened. There was a witch or, you know, so when I was watching right. this, I was like, oh, are they going to have their own take on Santa? But nope, it's big man in a red suit who delivers toys to kids. And magically like shows that. up. Miss everybody else. I kind of like that trope. I wish they would do that more. Yeah, they I really do wish modern shows would do that more. I like that a lot. I also like, and this happened throughout the whole show, that what hand thing is depends on the scene. Sometimes he's a right hand, sometimes a left hand. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. I I just love the show. I love Bang and Cousin It. And did y'all see the animated one that came out recently? Like no, last year, I never two saw years it. ago. People said it was really good though, right? You know, I want to watch it when I'm more awake. I watched it late at night and I was like, this is stupid, but I was half asleep. So, I mean, yeah. it did a lot. Everyone else I know who saw it really liked it. It's getting a sequel coming out this Halloween. So, oh, interesting. So, yeah, I definitely want to, you know, see it again. But hmm. did this one have a Linus moment? It has more of a Linus moment than Lucy did. Yep. 
but I don't think, I don't think it, it has more than one, one than Lucy, but I don't think it's a bold face one because they all knew what the meaning of Christmas was already. Right. And it was summed up very early on. I, right. Like, yeah. It's definitely a Christmas episode. Do y'all have quotes for this one? Well, the the arrow and the head was one of my quotes. You did that one early. Like, like that one a lot. Uh, remember, children, be careful. If you hit Uncle Fester's <laughs> head, you can ruin the arrow. I like the letter Wednesday and Pugsley were writing to Santa Claus and Wednesday's like <laughs> dictating it. And she's like, dear Santa, we just wanted to know that even though Mr. Thompson said there is no such thing as Santa Claus, we didn't believe him. So please come or else it will make us look like dummies. Sign <laughs> Wednesday and Pugsley Adam. <laughs> this girl was precious, by the way. Yeah. And if you was. ever saw what she looked like growing up. She, because she was in a bunch of shows in the late 80s and stuff, she went through like guest stars and TV shows, but she looked a lot like Morticia did when she was that middle age, that same age. So good casting on that part. That's awesome. Yep. I like when um, Morticia's singing at the end, whatever she's singing. I don't remember what it was. Like the Um, halls. Is that it? And Gomez goes, Tish, you sing like a robin. And she goes, Gomez. He's like, sorry, I meant a raven. Better. I I like what they suggest to Uncle Fester. He needs to dress up as Santa, and Uncle Fester's (laughs) like, "Oh, Morticia, that's silly. I'm not the Santa Claus type. I'm too young and glamorous." (laughs) (laughs) They're so secure in who they are. I love it. They are, and that's that's what I loved about this show, and that's what I loved about the Munsters. They never tried to like, you know, they knew what they looked like, and they embraced it, and thought they were beautiful for who they were. And I loved that about both families. How do you feel about Pugsley? I liked Pugsley. As as an actor, Anthony. You know, I'm willing to give more grace to kid actors from this era because this era of television, there's a lot of overacting going on in general. Don't you feel he was underacting the whole time, though? Like, real, like... Except at the end when he was smiling at the camera the whole time as he was singing, he looked, like, delighted to be addressing the camera directly. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I loved Wednesday though. Uh, there, there's never been a badly cast Wednesday Adams. I mean, Christina Ricci, is iconic in those movies. I'm excited yeah. for the new Netflix show centered around Wednesday Adams that Tim Burton is doing. So, oh yeah, that'll be good. Yep. It's weird. I was expecting Helena Bonham Carter to be cast. <laughs> She'll uh, find her still, way in there they, somewhere. I'm sure. I was about to say they haven't cast Morticia or Mom, uh, Grandmama yet. Oh no, I mean <laughs> she'd be I, a good I, Grandmama. Yeah, she would be grandma. So what would you rate this one? Ten. Ten. I'll give it a ten. I was thinking nine, but I'll go with flat out ten, which puts that number one tied with the Muppet single all the way, which I love. Cool. Your Very pressure cool. works. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Adams family. The house is a museum. When people come to see them, they really are a scream, the Adams family. Neat. Sweet. Petite. So get a witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can crawl on. We're gonna pay a call on the Adams family. I know we got a lot of comments already, but I want to hear from people we haven't heard from yet about what they think of I Love Lucy and the Adams Family and their history with both of these episodes in particular, because I love talking these old shows. This is such a nice break from, I mean, what was last week? Todd's movie? Oof. No, last week, yeah, that was the last proper movie we did. So this was a very nice change of pace from that and the elf claymation special with Mr. Sea Monster. So. Ugh, Todd. Oh. <laughs> so where can listeners let us know what they thought of these two episodes you can go to tisapodcast.com backslash twitter facebook facebook group reddit instagram um, any of the social medias there just plug them into the end of our url and it'll take you right to it and you can engage with us and other people um if you want just a ton of content and action facebook group is definitely the place to be um but you can find us anywhere anywhere you are we are there also we love to talk to you if you want to throw down a little Skrilla to support podcast hosts that you have grown to know and love, head on over to Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get bonus content all year long. 
Tidsandpodcast.com slash Patreon. So y'all, we had a question of the week this week, remember? We had a whole weekend to think about it because we last recorded on Friday. But you didn't remind, but you didn't remind Julia today. Yeah, remember your sister remind me. You said you were going to remind Julia today, so I think you should give her another week. Fine. So I'll pose the question. A qu- I just remember I, stressing about it. What was it? I'll pose the question again for our listeners so we have another week for everyone to think about it. So this question was inspired by the fact that Tim Babb mentioned on his podcast, Can't Wait for Christmas, amazing podcast, if you haven't heard it, by an amazing host, that it's tradition in his family to watch Superman every Christmas. He did it with his dad, and now he does it with his kids. And we wanted to know if you have any movie that's not a Christmas movie and that's not one of these non-Christmas Christmas movies like Die Hard that's set at Christmas that you watch every year on Christmas as well. I know Tom said Christine has a friend who watches The Terminator every Christmas. Not a friend, a, ra- a random guy who works at Wayfair who talked to her on the phone. Okay. <laughs> well, so The Terminator is apparently somebody's. We want to know what's yours. Jerry, I know you're listening. Don't be a wise guy and say Die Hard because Die Hard's a movie set at Christmas, even if you don't think it's a Christmas movie. So that doesn't fit into this category. Be so, a wise guy. So let us know on the social medias. Get excited because we have a pretty awesome Christmas in July episode, bonus episode coming up later this month. We also have really fun few episodes coming up, a few weeks coming up with guest hosts all across the spectrum. So next week, Kendall Foray of... The Four Forks Sake podcast will be joining us to discuss the Schitt's Creek Christmas episode. And the week after that, we are diving, we are beginning our dive into Netflix's movies that made us and talking Die Hard, Jerry, Die Hard with Matt Yurk of TGI Podcast. I'm going on the record, just say that I think it's weird that we are talking about a show that talks about the making of movies. We it's a, just an excuse to talk about some of our favorites again with awesome people. I, I, still, I still think it's weird. Just going on the record. If it comes, if it turns out great, I'll say I'm sorry. If not, I will say I told you that was weird. So lots of fun stuff coming up, but that's not the most fun news we have for y'all. I think the most fun news is that we only have 4,176 hours until Christmas. That's only 174 days. That's 24 weeks, y'all. Bonkers. Bonkers. Insanity. Madness. Crazy town. Kooky, you might say. But not creepy. creepy. So do your homework, y'all. And we will speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Candles burning low. Lots of mistletoe.